Mary Lynn Fayumi is the president and CEO of HR Source. She and HR Source help their member organizations with a variety of workplace topics. In this episode, we talk about talent retention, and Mary Lynn gives us some excellent food for thought as team leaders or as organizational leaders to retain top talent. Welcome to the Courage of a Leader podcast. This is where you hear real-life stories of top leaders achieving extraordinary results, and you get practical advice and techniques you can immediately apply for your own success. This is where you will get inspired and take bold, courageous action. I'm so glad you can join us. I'm your host, Amy Riley. Now, are you ready to step into the full power of your leadership and achieve the results you care about most? Let's ignite the courage of a leader. Mary Lynn, I know that HR Source is supporting its members in talent retention. Are organizations doubling down, putting more focus on strategies that have always worked for them for retaining their top talent? Or are organizations employing new and different kinds of strategies? Yes and yes. They are doing (laughs) both. They are doubling down and doing a reevaluation of what has worked in the past, but also trying to determine what wasn't working and what employees are looking for. So Mm -hmm. there's some data out there that I think is so interesting about the fact that employers spend a lot more time and energy on recruitment than retention, where (sighs) logically speaking, right, you don't have to do as much recruitment if you can get retention right. And so we're definitely encouraging our members uh, to spend more time and energy and funnel more resources to looking at what it takes to retain employees. So for years and years, we've had survey data that helps members benchmark their benefits packages. You know, what are they providing? Broaden that out to total rewards, right? Compensation is getting so much so much attention right now due to inflationary pressures and the war for talent. Uh, We haven't seen wage base wage increases like we're seeing now, you know, since before the last great recession. So a a long time, over a decade, you know, over 4% pushing 5%. Employers are looking at, you know, more traditional base pay, but they're Mm -hmm. also looking at incentives stay bonuses, retention bonuses, sign-on bonuses, more than annual increases. So looking at base pay on a more frequent basis than just annually, sometimes to just keep pace, other times really to look specifically by job title or department. And this could also be industry specific based on what the challenges you're facing recruiting and retaining talent in any particular industry niche. More importantly, they're looking at what's 
lacking or missing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, this great work from home experience that we've had uh, has, you know, given employers and employees a lot of data about performance, productivity, morale, mm-hmm. what has been the impact on their workforce as well as their employment uh, potential as well yeah. as their business results and kind of looking at the intersection of those elements to determine what the right formula. There's no one size fits all, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a unique formula for each individual as well as each manager, each department, each organization. So there are many rewards, benefits, attributes, characteristics, all sorts of elements that can help an organization improve their ability to retain employees that might not be in your employee handbook, right? They're the nuances of the day-to-day interactions of leadership, management, human interactions, collaboration that happen and can either make people feel connected to the organizations they work for and the leaders they follow and the managers they report to or disconnected Mm -hmm. and unmotivated and disengaged and looking out into the marketplace to say, what else is out there? This is not the right place for me anymore. I want to see what my options are. You have already said so many great things, Mary Lynn. Uh, And the thing that kept spinning through my head was information. We need some data, right? Not only internally, right? Our, find out from your leaders, uh, find out from your team members, are people feeling connected? You know, what does the data, the performance and the results data tell you? Are people engaged, right? Engagement leads to performance, leads to results, but also the data benchmarking externally, Right. Well, how does your total rewards package uh, compare? All right. And making sure you've got that strategy that's focused on retention, not the, the strategy that's focused on recruiting. Right. Because a lot of internal candidates and star performers, people who are happy, you know, incumbents in their current positions are looking at all of these wonderful, cool, generous things that their employers are doing for people who've not even worked a day at the organization. And they're saying, what the heck? What about me? I've been toiling away, right? Heads down, getting my work done, helping your organization, this organization, my organization be successful. And yet you're giving sign-on bonuses and, you know, higher, you know, opening salaries to those who've not even proven themselves, you know, think about me a little bit. That's why we've been recommending, you know, stay interviews, which are not any different than one-on-one open discussions, you know, between managers and employees. Sometimes HR gets involved, but certainly doesn't have to, except for if they need to help facilitate perhaps the appropriate questions to ask or how the data is going to be used on the back end. Mm -hmm. But back to the point you made, Amy, about data and information, it's coming from all different sources inside and outside of our organization, but it's imperative that we determine how best to use it, how it applies to our organization, 
what information we can and should act on and what we might need to leave for a later date or Mm -hmm. isn't that pressing for our own organization. Uh, And that's a unique back to the, there's no one size fits all. That's a, you know, unique question and answer for each and every organization and perhaps even down to the department level or the Mm -hmm. individual relationship between any given manager or supervisor and their employees, right? There's a lot of customization there that can have uh, incredible impact as well as results for the organization if done right. Yes, because what works for one team one function in the organization, one role in the organization, one individual in that role in the organization might not be what works in, in other areas. Yeah. Right. And can, yeah. And, and how do we, yeah, overall create what works in the culture, in the organization, but allowing for that flexibility, giving leaders that autonomy to be able to figure out what's going to work best for their individual team members. Right. And uh, it does take effort. Uh, it takes time. It takes compassion, empathy, openness to change. Uh, you know, it takes more energy, of course, across the board to figure out all these unique formulas for success, right? Yeah. It's not one formula, yeah. um, but there are a set of actions, behaviors that can be employed consistently that will lead to success, right? One of them, you know, we're talking a lot about today and I know, uh, you know, gets a lot of playtime in your book and in your um, presentations and, you know, listening, Mm -hmm. right? Listening, Mm -hmm. learning, openness to consideration of various methods of getting things done. There's no right way. There are a lot of different ways that you can um, move forward. And with regard to retention, uh, the fact that organizations are not just looking at the traditional techniques that used to retain employees, but considering the fact that employees are very different than they once were. We have all been mm-hmm. fundamentally changed by what we've been mm-hmm. through over the past couple of years. And we've got to add that to our conversations and to what our reinvented workplaces look like. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently wrote an article about, uh, you know, work, the workplace is no longer about the place. Yes. Right. So just even opening our imaginations to what the work life looks like for our uh, team members uh, in a much more organic way than we ever would have in the past uh, is, I think, a a pandemic plus a really positive things that's happened. And I think those organizations that are taking the time and putting the resources into being open-minded are going to reap the benefits, right? Their retention is going to come more easily to them than those who are hardwired to stick with their very traditional 
work models, very traditional policies, very traditional benefits are probably going to either have some eye-opening departures Mm -hmm. that might be a wake-up call or, um, you know, they might be uh, limited in who they're able to attract Mm-hmm. and or retain going forward. Yeah. Great. I'm, I'm hearing the key messages of open-minded and get your data, get your information from all your employees. I've got more questions for you, Mary Lynn. Awesome. Uh, but let me, let me let the listeners know we are talking today to Mary Lynn Fayumi. She is the president and CEO of HR Source and has been for over two decades. Uh, HR Source is a Chicago-based employers association with over 1,200 member organizations. Mary Lynn is a highly respected speaker, trainer, and advisor, and an accepted authority on a variety of workplace issues, including culture, employment trends, and HR management. Countless organizations have benefited from her expertise during her long tenure at the association. Mary Lynn is a prolific writer, quoted and published regularly in a variety of industry publications. She currently serves as the lead director of the World at Work Board and is past chair of the board of directors for both the Association Forum of Chicagoland and the Employer Associations of America. She's also an advisory board member of the Community Memorial Foundation. Mary Lynn was honored by Crane Chicago Business as a notable leader in HR in 2020, and was named the 2021 Woman of Influence by the Association Forum. Mary Lynn is a summa cum laude graduate of the University of Iowa with a Bachelor of Business Administration in Industrial industrial Relations slash Human Resources. She also holds an MBA with honors from the Thunderbird School of Global Management. Thank you for being with us today, Mary Lynn. It is my pleasure, Amy. I always enjoy our time together. Me too. Uh, so I'm hearing, even though employers, you're, you're feeling the pressure to do something. Don't have the knee-jerk reactions. Take the time. Get the data. Externally, internally. And I'm also, like, I'm saying to leaders, it's not a one and done. We're, we're all getting used to new rhythms in our lives. And you and I were talking earlier about getting used to travel again. And what do we not enjoy as much that we used to really enjoy? And maybe there's some new benefits that we didn't used to experience in the past. It feels different. Like you said, we have been fundamentally changed. So h- how do you keep getting this information from your employees? There are so many ways. So there used to be the well-known technique managing by walking around, right? Remember (laughs) that one? That's a long walk these days. It is a long (laughs) walk. You're going to burn a lot of calories if you're on that walk. But how do you move that into the virtual world? Like what we're doing today, potentially, you know, phone calls, Zoom calls, FaceTime, coffee chats, meetups. Also, you can do spot surveys throughout the pandemic. I've been doing, you know, short surveys, sometimes very focused on comfort with coming back to the office or comfort with going out to visit our member organizations, but also trying to find out what employees value, right? Do they value more time off? 
Do they value shorter work days? Would they, what kind of help or support would be most, you know, meaningful to them in today's environment? Um, so spot surveys, the mm -hmm. one-on-one -on -one conversations with your direct mm -hmm. reports, but also your opportunities to collaborate across departments. I've heard over and over again, and I've experienced in my own organization, departments and intact teams seem to be more highly communicative than ever yeah. during the pandemic, but it's those cross-departmental, cross-team that are suffering because yeah. People are, you don't run into each other at the water cooler or the coffee pot. You're mm -hmm. not just having a casual, you know, lunch in the cafe at your organization and, and chatting up people that you would normally talk to. You know, mm -hmm. normally today, if we were in the office, people would be talking about, you know, the NCAA championship last yes. night yes. instead of I've been receiving texts all morning about it from my Kansas <laughs> and North it's so different people you would normally talk to about, you know, exciting things happening with their family, you know, upcoming graduations or weddings or college search that organically happen in the workplace and then perhaps morph into discussions about projects coming up, new initiatives, strategies you're employing. So how do you take those conversations and not only ensure that they happen, but make sure that they're valuable? That has been a little bit more challenging for organizations and they've had to find ways to be more intentional about it. And people, mm -hmm. there's so many strategies, as you know, and tactics to work towards that. But as managers and leaders, the willingness to have conversations and be open to what you're hearing, so truly mm -hmm. listening and giving people the time um, to hear them out is very mm -hmm. critical. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and, and then there's also, of course, more formal, right? Focus groups, mm -hmm. engagement surveys. So we've been doing a lot of employee engagement surveys. The, the beginning of the pandemic had kind of a chilling impact or chilling effect on employee engagement surveys. I think employers were like, oh my gosh, we don't even know what to do ourselves. The last thing we want to do is gather employee input because we're not going to be able to act on any it, yeah. of it. But the, it's that's thawed off. You know, throughout 21, mm, we yeah. saw our demand increase again for engagement surveys, focus groups, um, all sorts of organization development activities, both in person and virtual, where people were gathering their teams together and you know, doing strategy work, working on team building, improving communications. Mm -hmm. So there's so many both formal and informal mm -hmm. methods to be, you know, keeping your ears open, your ear to the ground, open lines of communication, ranging from the most informal day-to-day yes. -day chats and conversations, you know, or emails or, you know, whatever you're using Slack, et cetera, yeah. to the two very formal methodologies and everything in between. And nice. I'll go back to what I said a little bit ago. There's no one size fits all, right? What fits your culture? What fits your leadership and management styles? Mm -hmm. 
you know, how much can you, can you drink from a fire hose? Can you handle lots and lots of feedback quickly? And are you prepared to respond to it? Or you do like things in bite-sized pieces, right? Would you rather do a series of spot surveys on small bite-sized pieces of information about your benefits, your pay, your culture, um, you know, what works yeah. best for your organization? Yeah. I'll, I'll use an example, Amy, that I think many organizations have now gone back to reassess. And that was, you know, summer of 2020 with the murder of George Floyd and all of the efforts to, you know, get on top of DEI. You know, yeah. everyone was racing to do something. Mm-hmm. They, you know, man, leadership told them they needed to get on it. They need mm-hmm. to improve in that arena and take action. So, you know, we had so many requests as did most trainers and consultants Mm -hmm. to do something. We, you know, geared up, found all of these resources, went out to market with training programs, consulting, you know, formulas and uh, all sorts of resources for employers. And it's almost like the deer in the headlight where they were like, oh my gosh, I don't know if this even fits us. People were already all different places on the continuum. Mm-hmm. And then we saw a big chilling off of almost like employers didn't know what to do because it was so much. It mm-hmm. was so such a big audacious goal to yeah. wrap their arms around that if they had gone at, at it perhaps a little more slowly and realistically. Yeah. I think those that have slowed down a bit and done, mm-hmm. you know, initiatives that were appropriate to their organization and where they were at on their own DEI journey have been much yeah. more successful at sustaining their efforts and reaping the rewards of those efforts. While those organizations that tried to just, you know, eat the whole elephant in one bite couldn't handle it. And I would say the same is true of, you know, improving upon your retention efforts, right? Mm -hmm. Trying to globally just make a huge improvement overnight um, might be a lot for your organization Mm -hmm. to handle, but there's a lot of baby and medium-sized steps that you can take that have a wonderful and lasting impact Uh, that can fit your organization, your industry, your culture much more appropriately than, you know, don't set your sights on doing something that a, you know, Fortune 100 company can do if you're a 30 or a 50 or a hundred person employer, right? Yeah. Oh, be realistic. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm loving this, uh, Mary Lynn. Want to underscore that. Like, sure look online, listen to this podcast, hear all the different ideas and strategies, approaches that you can take, but really stop and reflect what's going to work for you, right? If you're a senior leader in an organization or you're a leader of a team, right? What, what is going to work for your leadership, um, the individuals that you work with and the kind of work yeah. that, that you all do? I was also thinking if we don't implement 27 things at once, Mary Lynn, then maybe we'll actually see which levers are having the most impact. Yeah. So we recently took a big experiment and totally switched up one of our big events. Okay. And what we learned from it was we 
to your point of levers, we switched so many levers at one time, Mm -hmm. Mm. which was a calculated risk, but it's made it difficult to measure which of those lever switches impacted our results, Ah. right? Where we, if we had perhaps only moved a few of the levers at one time, you know, sometimes you have to blow the whole thing up and start from scratch, but we had a very successful formula, but given the times and the need to, you know, risk be, you know, take some risks, mix it up. We decided to make a whole bunch of changes all at once, which has made it challenging to measure Mm -hmm. the impact of those changes. So to your point, Amy, try things, realize what changes you're making or what levers you're pulling, Mm -hmm. and then evaluate and call it either a success, make further revisions or Learn Imagine. from your mistakes yeah. or failures, right? Yeah, yeah. and maybe a, a time for a spot survey. I, I love that name. Right? When you said that, I was like, yes, because to the point that rhythms are changing in our lives and what works for an individual employee today might not be what works for them, even a month from now. Right. Right. So the, the spot surveys, and then we don't get over surveyed as well, because you've got the 170 question survey, the totally comprehensive one that's coming out now, you you know, we're doing what's right for our organization. So maybe there is like a, a big data dump that you want and you're ready for it, right? You're, you're open to pulling a a few levers at once, uh, but also not over surveying, Right. Because there's definitely survey fatigue, Mm -hmm. right? And there's all uh, a detrimental effect of surveying, gathering data and not acting on it. So a really important step is if you have data that you are, have read, have, have analyzed, have synthesized, but you are choosing for business reasons, financial reasons, whatever your reasons are, it's important to then follow up with your employees to let them know, thank you for sharing Mm -hmm. your information. Thank you for providing Mm -hmm. input. These are the reasons that we are not currently able to act upon this valuable information that you were willing to share with us. Nice. So don't forget that, that step because- The act of surveying in and of itself, like I I jokingly say, like if inviting people, even if they can't come to something, you do get some, you know, brownie points for the invite. Same thing is true of surveys, Mm -hmm. you know, asking and inviting people to contribute. But then where the analogy doesn't work anymore is, you know, in an invite, someone RSVPs know it's on them with the survey, they've given you something, right? They've sent you the gift. Then it's imperative on you to send the thank you note and to act upon that gratitude (laughs) by, by letting them know this was very helpful input, but due to fill in the blank circumstances, we currently are unable or the timing isn't right. We may be able to consider this in the future, but currently we chose these three initiatives. 
these three benefits. These are the things we're going to be using in the short run. Uh, mm -hmm. But again, thank you. Thank yes. you. Send your thank you notes. I love it, Mary Lynn. Yeah. And an, an, a number of the clients that I'm working with as they're choosing hybrid approaches, uh, how many days to be in the office, which teams need to do what after being open and listening to data, also talking about how this is a trial period. We are going to try this. And the acknowledgement that, again, we might not even know what we want a few months from now. So let's try. Let's get some more data. Let's see how we all feel about this. And we're going to continue to make adjustments. So not exactly. feeling like, you know, you, you, you get your strategy, you check it off, you've got your data and it's set in stone. Right. It's a work in progress mm -hmm. and it will continue to be a work in progress, mm -hmm. right? The only constant is change. Yes. And what another little pandemic plus I think is that leaders, if they are being authentic, are admitting that they, their crystal ball doesn't work very well either. And so yeah. they're being yeah. much more transparent and humble about the fact that uh, we don't know either, right? We don't know what the next surge is going to bring. We don't know if bringing people back to the office is going to boost morale and productivity. We're going to keep experimenting and we're going to stay open to additional changes, hang with us, work with us, you know, keep us informed, give us a chance, realize we, I'm speaking as leaders, make mistakes too. We're all fumbling through this together. And, you know, that will make us more successful sticking together instead of working against each other. We're all trying to learn and figure out how to be the most successful uh, given today's circumstances, which are today's circumstances, right? Not next week's or next month's. We so simply don't know. Yes. Yes. What's popping into my mind as you're talking, Mary Lynn, is it's, it's a process. It's not a project. This right. isn't a project of figuring out how we're going to retain talent. And then we've, we, we've right. got our things and we, and we check them off and follow them forever. It's a process. Right. And I'm guessing, I don't know for sure, we could probably do a little research on it, but that whole work in process, I'm guessing is a manufacturing term uh -huh. taken from, right? Post-World uh -huh. War II days or World War II. And that is, you know, so ever relevant, mm -hmm. right? Process, mm -hmm. journey, mm -hmm. uh, you know, sometimes people complain about these words being overused, but it is an evolution, Mm -hmm. And right, the willingness, desire, uh, energy, and enthusiasm to continue mm -hmm. these processes and to not rely upon just what we think we know, but back to one of our earlier points, to continue to scan the environment, gather data, mm -hmm. confirm with mm -hmm. our stakeholders, all of those things are so critical probably more critical than they ever have been. Uh, and my hope is that we don't get so comfortable again and complacent 
in whatever stage we end up in next that we're not continuing to incorporate some of these really important activities, the listening, the reinventing, the pulling of the levers, mm-hmm. the remeasuring. Uh, we don't, you know, mm-hmm. forget about all of those uh, techniques that will serve and have served us well, well, that will continue to serve us well, that we don't start resting on our laurels and go into autopilot again yes. and, and stop um, reflecting on the fact that this is a process and will continue to be a process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've said a number of times, a number of ways that all leaders listening out there, right? Be open, truly, right? This is a time to check our assumptions, uh, really listen. Anything else, Mary Lynn, that you would offer, um, you know, a team leader out there who's listening has five to nine direct reports, uh, really wants to retain their top talent, uh, beyond be open, listen, stay tuned in, keep scanning. Yeah. So one of the most important things that I don't think I've spent enough time on today, so your question just triggered it, is recognize their performance, give them regular feedback. Yes. Right? One of the best ways, the most important ways you can show people that you value them is to give them attention, right? Don't let your superstars or even your B players be left to their own devices and not pay attention to them. Don't think they're plugging along. They're doing fine. They know I love them and I think they're awesome. Tell them, show them mm-hmm. regularly, right? Give them opportunities for growth and development. So it's not just about asking them how they are. Tell them how you think they are, right? Yeah. Share, share your appreciation. Give them specific feedback. Um, I was at a recent uh, event and I ran into someone who gave me a compliment about one of my team members in terms of a search that we had recently worked on. And right away, when I got back, I emailed her, I emailed her uh, boss and I told them both, right? Thank you for representing HR source so well, look at the difference you're making. You're, you know, improving our reputation. You're leading to future referrals. I mean, those make that a regular part of your practice. When someone steps up and don't just give at a girls, at a boys, give them specific feedback. Thank you for doing blank. You, right? Your performance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I love it. Most love important. It. Got, I mean, I, that's always been critical, but with a lot of people who are leaving saying, you know, I didn't really feel like my boss, my organization knew how hard I worked. They didn't care that much about me personally. Um, yeah. you know, I, I, I needed to hear more. I want to be appreciated. I wanted to be shown and have, uh, some sort of recognition for the hard work I'm doing. So back to the, uh, don't assume that people know how you feel now, again, mm-hmm. tell them how you feel, show them how you feel. Um, and that will make a difference. I love it. I love it. And so many leaders and organizations are focused right now on how does our c- culture feel? 
as the workplace is not the workplace anymore. It's a different kind of work environment. If you catch an employee doing something that positively impacts the culture, right? Really be on the lookout for that and reward those individuals. And we can get everybody on the team, everybody in the organization engaged in creating the kind of culture that they want, right? You want to be included in what's going on in another area of the organization? Well, how are you including people in your department and in your expertise? Definitely. So critical. And not that time consuming or hard to do, but people get really wrapped up in their own to-do list and their own agenda. And sometimes they, it's it's overlooked, right? Exactly. So making that a, a, important part of your daily to-dos, to reach out to someone, pick up the phone, uh, just <laughs> call someone and let them know, send them a quick note. There's so many ways to let your team members know uh, that you appreciate them, that you notice their hard work, that their contributions matter. Love it, Marilyn. You've given us so much great information today. Be open, listening, spot surveys. I love that. Recognize performance. Send your thank you notes after you do a survey. Let let folks know what are you, what are you not able to follow up on and why. And choose what works for your team, for your organization. You can get a lot of great advice out there. And it's got to be the advice that fits for you. Definitely. You say. Thank you for your time today, Mary Lynn. I always appreciate uh, being able to spend time with you. Agreed, Amy. Interesting conversation on a topic that's so near and dear to both of our hearts. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Courage of a Leader podcast. If you'd like to further explore this episode's topic, please reach out to me through the Courage of a Leader website at www.courageofaleader.com. I'd love to hear from you. Please take the time to leave a review on iTunes. That helps us expand our reach and get more people fully stepping into their leadership potential. Until next time, be bold and be brave because you've got the courage of a leader.